Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. And today we have a special episode. It's going to be just me and my co-host Ralph. Hi Ralph, how are you doing? Hi there, Ugo. I'm very good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, here watching the Tour de France on the TV while we are talking. <laughs> One of my favorite pastimes. One of the few things that I watch on the TV. I was saying... Uh, uh, we have a special episode today because we we just had this contest on our Facebook group that is called the uh, Traveling Image Makers Corner, and we asked the, the participants, the members of the group, to to submit photos, and then we would uh, choose a couple that we really liked, uh, a couple of travel photos, and we would have the, those people as uh, guests on the show. So uh, we had the contest for the month of June. And the winners were uh, Nadia Rutkowski and Richard Leach. They, they submitted two great photos and we interviewed them and pretty soon we will be uh, listening to their interviews. I just want to remember uh, to remind everyone that uh, we now have the contest for the month of July. That will be running until the end of July, so there's still time to, to submit your photos and the prize is the, the honor, the pleasure to be interviewed and to be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, you can find a group on Facebook. Uh, you can search for the Traveling Image Makers Corner or uh, the, the URL will, is just www.facebook.com slash groups slash Team Corner, T-I-M Corner. We will put a link in the show notes as well. And at the top of the page, we see, you see an album with uh, the current submissions. And feel free to add your own photo and uh, to take part in this uh, fun contest. I mean, there's no, no real prizes so far. Maybe we'll have some in the future. But, uh, um, yep, we have uh, the prizes just uh, being a guest on the show. Now let's listen to our conversation with uh, Nadia Rutkowski, who is a German expat living in the U.S., and she submitted a great photo uh, from New York City. Um, we discussed with her about her photo, about her photography, and it was lots of fun, very engaging conversation. I'm sure you will love it. Hi, Nadia. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you're based in New York. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, originally uh, from Berlin, but uh, now um, based in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I work in Manhattan. Oh, cool. How's the weather in Manhattan? Are you, you have a bit of a heat wave there? Um, it, well, anything in the 90s still is not too hot. Uh, <laughs> it's not considered a heat wave yet. <laughs> okay, still good. Still good. So you, you moved from Germany when you were pretty young, I guess, and then uh, you've yes. been living in the U.S. for for quite some time. I would like to, yes. to ask you how you got started in photography, what kind of photography uh, tickles your passions, uh, what do you like to shoot? 
Sure. Um, well, I did take a photography class in high school on, uh, here in the U.S., uh, which was with um, film, and I was very intrigued by it. But uh, then I'm actually a film producer, and I went to film school uh, at NYU to School of the Arts. And um, I was always curious about how things are shot and the composition of things. Um, but uh, I'm more of a producer when it comes to th uh, the film side. And then um, I ended up going um, unexpectedly to on a trip to New Zealand. And, you know, New Zealand seemed like such a far off place, which it is. Uh, and, and I never thought I would ever, ever go to New Zealand. And so I thought, you know what, I need to capture that. So I bought my first camera, uh, a digital um, Nikon D3100, 30, and um, and I was able to capture some obviously amazing pictures because of the landscape itself. But uh, so it was easy to shoot. But uh, it really uh, got me into it, and that was about six years ago. Uh -huh. And where, where else have you been to besides New Zealand? I'm looking at your. The photos on your website here. <laughs> I have been, um, well, I was in Africa 12 years ago, and I'm actually going back in two weeks, um, and this time with a real camera, so I can't wait. Mm -hmm. um, I, w I was there with a 35-millimeter camera uh, film, um, which was tough. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's, uh, as, that's a, as real a camera as it gets. <laughs> it, right, right, right. Um, but uh, now I'm going back with two cameras, two digital oh. cameras, so, um, but... Um, no, I've been to New Zealand, Australia, India um, uh, last year, uh, my first time to Asia, Singapore, Vietnam, Thailand, um, and I go to um, LA quite a bit. I was in Utah a couple of years ago and um, down south in New Orleans, kind of uh, uh, doing a road trip there. Um, I love my, my road trip in Ireland. Um, And uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Prague as well as Amsterdam and Belgium. So I, I, I love to travel. You quite love well, to well traveled. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I love the cultures. It's difficult for me to take pictures of people, though, still. Mm -hmm. I still I, I feel like I'm in, in crouching on their lives, and I wouldn't want to have a picture of me taken. Um, so it's still, I'm very shy when it comes to that, which is very unusual for my rather outgoing personality. So I do try to take pictures from far away of people, um, but my, my, my passion is landscape, animals, and um, because I'm a tennis player, also um, tennis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sports photography, I love it. Do, do you see photography taking on a more important role in your life or even cinematography in the future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I would love to to make it a, a full-time job eventually. I mean, right now it's it's just a passion and I'm, I'm not that good yet where I consider myself um, someone that could do it full-time yet, but that's one of the reasons why I'm going to Africa. I'm, it's a photography tour um, where they have a... Um, a professional uh, on hand for, for, for two weeks, and um, uh, they, they will be teaching me a lot more, hopefully. Where about in Africa, exactly? Kenya. Kenya, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, mostly safari type of uh, thing. Exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, your photo that we selected, picked from more than 20 submissions, 
is uh, obviously taken in uh, in Manhattan, New York City. It's a photo of the Empire State Building, but it's a bit peculiar. Can you maybe describe your photo for our audience? We will, of course, put uh, uh, a copy of the photo in the episode blog post so for people to look at. But if you can describe it for those who are only listening... Sure. Um, it was taken from a helicopter. So it's uh, it's uh, taken off of the Empire State Building, and which is probably to this day still, after all the traveling I've done, one of my favorite buildings in the world. Um, it looks different from a- every single angle. And after 20 years in New York City, uh, I was in this helicopter ride and I had never <laughs> seen it um, from that uh, height, obviously, uh, and that close. I mean, it felt like I could touch it. Um, and, um, you know, you're, you're in such awe, you just hold your, your finger on the shutter. Um, you just click away because you can't even really imagine, um, being up there and so close and you get quite overwhelmed. So, um, when I snapped that picture, I was, um, really, um, amazed of how it came out uh, in the end because obviously you never know uh, in the mm-hmm. moment until you get home and see it on the screen. <laughs> so that was that your, uh, your first uh, helicopter trip uh, over New York? It was my first helicopter trip uh, over New York and, mm-hmm. and, and then um, first photography um, uh, helicopter. I mean, yeah. I've been in a helicopter over the Grand Canyon 20 years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but um, it, this was a helicopter ride where it has no doors. Yeah. Um, so you're strapped in and your feet are dangling um, out outdoors. So uh, it was quite, it's very overwhelming. It's a, it's a fantastic um, uh, ride. How, how long does it last? Well, this one particularly, so you can buy different blocks, either 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And this one was a 30-minute block. Mm-hmm. And it went by in a blink of an eye. Um, mm-hmm. I could have stayed up there another two hours. <laughs> so if you had stayed up there in the, in the air for like half an hour, and you, I guess you paid quite some money for that. It's, those things are not cheap, I know. And uh, you don't want to to land and then find that all of your photos are blurry because also this was shot at night right it was not during the day so i mean you have to 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 handle with care uh, shutter speed aperture iso those things do you have any tips did they give you any tips about proper settings for that kind of uh a thing to how to right it actually it was yeah it was actually sh- uh, the the um, helicopter ride was during sunset so it was mm. even more difficult because the light changed yeah. um, within that 30 minutes quite quite a bit <laughs> it went from quite light to quite dark um, rather quickly especially um, the streets um, are so much darker uh, than obviously also the the top portions of the uh, high rises. So it's, uh, it was very difficult. And I had two cameras with me, um, one with a zoom and one with a wide angle. And the wide angle was not wide enough. And I was quite mad about that, that I didn't have a wider lens with me. Um, so um, it's, uh, and I was taught this a couple of months ago by someone um, who told me, get to know your camera so well that you could operate it with your eyes closed yeah. so that you you know where the 
on and off button is <laughs> with your eyes closed. Um, you know how to adjust your your uh, f-stop and your aperture, and you know how you can operate those three things: the shutter speed um, uh, with your eyes closed, um, uh, where those knobs are on your camera. Uh, because once you have that down, I think um, um, you're pretty well covered because you can just adjust it um, rather quickly. Yeah, I mean that. that I find that to be extremely important uh, in those situations. You can just say, okay, wait here a minute. I want to shoot this. Don't move the helicopter <laughs> while I try to find out how to change my ISO, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not work, especially if you are in the helicopter with other people who have already taken the shot and they want to move on maybe. Exactly. And, you know, you're not, you're, it's, 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 it can be quite bumpy. Uh Um, so, uh, and you don't have a tripod and (laughs) so you need to have a good, good, good stand. So, um, uh, no, it can be very difficult. Um, so I, um, yeah, it's, it it did cost a lot. Luckily it was a birthday present. Uh, (laughs) so, um, but, uh, I, a friend of mine is going to do it just to, to get the experience again, because she couldn't enjoy the experience as much because she was just trying to photograph and photograph and photograph. Um, so I did try to enjoy, um, the experience as much as possible while taking pictures. Good. Anyway, that's uh, that's a very good uh, tip. Uh, yes. You know, in all circumstances, I think I always uh, repeat this to to many of my students when I do workshops and so on. You said, if you want, if you come to a workshop, you have maybe a few days, and we move from from location to location to different types of lighting. Uh, you're in a group of ten people, and you don't know how to operate your camera. You're going to to miss opportunities. You're going to spend a lot of time just fiddling with the controls when you should. Focus on the subject, focus on lighting, composition, and so on. So that's uh, right, thanks right, for, right. for reminding us of that. <laughs> sure. Okay, good. Uh, before we, we, uh, we say goodbye, where can people uh, find more about you online? Do you have a website? Yes, um, it's www.lpgfilms.com, uh, which stands for Le Petit Grand, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm German, it's very French. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, uh, it came about because I'm a big elephant lover, uh, and the elephants are kind of like um, the little big giants um, mm-hmm. that can hopefully you know, survive um, the craziness that we live in in, the, in this world, and, uh, and also... Um, I'm kind of a Napoleon buff, um, a historical buff, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Napoleon's nickname was uh, uh, Le Petit Grand, uh, so mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a nice um, uh, get-together. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so we will put a link uh, in the show notes for this episode to your website so people can go and uh, check your work, which is really uh, fascinating and, and beautiful. So, yeah, what else? Just uh, thanks for being with us today and congratulations on, on winning our contest. Oh, and I hope really you, appreciate it. You will submit another photo for, for next month. Would love to. Thank you so much. You're really welcome. appreciate it. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, Ralph, before we move to the next winner, I would like to talk with you about uh, your most recent project, the Tour Organizer Training. Uh, you have uh, talked about us uh, talked to us about this a uh, few times in the past, but now it looks like you are starting to, to accept applications, that things are starting to really pick up steam. 
So I would like you to tell us more about this tour organizer training and especially uh, what it's about. I, I know the program is not just for photographers. Uh, so who is this program for and how can they join? Well, it's uh, really for anyone who's looking to make a living from travel. And so I'm what I want to do is teach people how to organize and lead their own trips, whether around the world or around the corner. Uh, I am on the road nine months out of the year leading my trips around the world, and uh, that may be something that people want to aspire to, but I certainly don't recommend that out of the gate. So maybe someone just wants to set up a, a, a local tour or uh, just a, a one destination, one week tour and build up. And that would be my recommendation. But uh, I imagine that this would be good for uh, people that are retiring, looking for a second income, a uh, travel blogger who's looking to uh, earn income from their travels uh, beyond affiliate links and sponsorships and things like that. So I think there's a big market. Uh, a lot of people are looking to to make a living from travel. I know that when I uh, started traveling years ago, I'd always wanted to make a living from travel and photography, but I thought that was about as likely as my becoming a rock star. And this um, is not only going to be for photographers. I mean, you're going to teach people how to lead any type of tours. Can you give some examples maybe? Well, uh, I'm not going to delve too deeply into people's leading specific tours, but anyone who wants to lead uh, is maybe they're a yoga instructor and they want to put together a trip to India or they're a chef or a foodie and they want to put together a culinary tour to, to uh, Tuscany. Uh, 80 to 90% of this is all ubiquitous, no matter what kind of tour you're going to lead. But I am encouraging people to have a special interest in mind and that is something that they can maybe teach. And if they don't want to teach or don't feel they have the skill to teach, and I think we all do, but we're just not confident in that, uh, they can be an aggregator of specialists in the destination. So if you're a foodie, you love food, but maybe you don't feel confident in teaching it, you're not a chef, you could aggregate and get uh, specialists in the destination to provide those services like chefs, foodie bloggers, uh market walks with local guides things like that and you're starting off with a live uh, free webinar about the program soon i hear when is that going to be well uh i think by the time this episode comes out uh, july 27th is going to be the next one and that is at 8 p.m central time in the u.s uh, for those of you in europe i'm planning one for 12 noon central time in uh, on august 8th oh, good. so that would be in the evening in europe your time uh, very, very good for for our audience uh, uh, this episode is scheduled to go live on july 25 so if you're listening to this uh, there's still time to to sign up you still have a couple of days but uh, otherwise i'm looking forward to the to the august 8th episode because for me uh, 8 p.m. Central, I believe, is 3 a.m. here in Central Europe. So yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely better time of the day. So you, you're going to do it again. That, that's very yeah. good. Yeah, I'm doing it for you guys over there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> and then if, when, when people sign up, what, what can they expect? How is the training going to be delivered? Is it going to be a series of uh, pre-recorded lessons or there will be also live sessions? Yeah, it's going to be mostly a pre-recorded session. So these will be uh, videos and there's seven modules. So seven overall topics. 
Uh, I, I, I broke it down to seven steps to leading a highly successful tour. So each one of those will be a module. And then underneath those will be anywhere from four to six or seven lessons that drill down even more. So the idea is to give people a lot of information that they can use to then organize and lead their own trips. But I don't want to overwhelm people either. So, but it's going to be a, a lot of very pertinent information about you know the step-by-step learning to organize and lead tours. Yeah. And what other resources would be delivered to students? We'll have some workbooks or... Yeah, we're going to have uh, quite a few bonuses. Uh, just for registering for the webinar, they're going to get my list of uh, special interest tour ideas that they could lead. So p- maybe people don't uh, have a specific interest that they, they're thinking of right now, but this will spark some ideas for them. So you get that just for registering for the free webinar. Uh, then during the webinar, I'm going to be giving out my tour operator expectation list. And this is a seven-page document uh, for – I came up with this document when I started using tour operators. And I get this to them, telling them exactly about me and my company, what my people are like, what I'm looking for in the tour operator, what kind of – Uh, things I'm looking for in the destination from the types and levels of accommodations to uh, guide requirements, drivers, vehicles, accommodations, everything down the line. Uh, It's a really important document. So that's something I'm going to give at the end of the actual free webinar. And then during the online course, there's going to be plenty of uh, other bonuses, uh, checklists, templates, and things like that that are going to help people to uh, get this all together. I mean, I, I spent hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars and wasted time trying to figure this out myself. So that means it can be done, and it has been done. I'm certainly not the first one to have figured this out. But uh, I think it's a, it's a great investment to take an online course like this and have it all laid out for you and uh, save a bunch of time and money. Yeah, pretty sure it will be. So please tell us again where people can go to learn more about your tour organizer training. Yeah, so it's simply tourorganizertraining.com. And there you can, uh, again, register uh, for the free webinar and then get that bonus. And also you'll see uh, a little thing there that says live webinar and that's where they can actually register, uh, excuse me, that's where they can register for the webinars as well, right there on the homepage. Okay, Ralph, thanks for sharing this. I'm sure this will be hugely beneficial to the industry as a whole. Um, personally, I, I feel like this is something I need for my own tours, starting with the Tour of Oman I'm going to lead in December. So looking forward to that. Um, yep. And now let's listen to our other winner, Richard Leach, who submitted a poignant uh, street portrait from, I believe, India. Is that right, Ralph? It is. It's a a really wonderful uh, shot that that I chose. And uh, Richard and I had a very nice conversation. And he told us uh, very in-depth about uh, how the image came about and and his approach to uh, travel photography. So I think listeners listeners are going to really enjoy it. Excellent. Before we do, let me just remind our audience that they will be able to find all the links and show notes for this episode on our website at ttim.photo and also to submit pictures for our contest on Facebook at the Traveling Image Makers Corner Group. You might be one of the lucky winners next month. And now let's listen to our interview with Richard Leach.
Welcome to the show, Richard. Yeah, many thanks, Ralph. It's uh, it's nice to be on the show, and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, wonderful. Well, uh, you you earned your way here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, up against very very good competition. I've got to, I've got to say that uh, straight away. Yeah, there were some uh, excellent images submitted, and quite a few. So, uh, congratulations yeah. on on making the cut. Thank you. Well, before we get too far into it and start talking about the image itself, why don't you tell us a little bit, bit about you and your background, where you're from, what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I live in northern England in a, in a village to the north of the city of Bradford. So that's uh, on the Pennines, uh, sort of uh, central in the north of England. Um, I'm a general manager with a telecommunications company, engineering company, and I'm responsible for... Uh, the management of facilities in the UK, China, and India. So that enables me to uh, to travel uh, on a fairly regular basis. Um, so I've been a photographer for around about 30 years now, um, having got my first film camera uh, in the early 1980s when I was serving in the, in the Royal Air Force. Um, I used it then just to capture daily life, uh, my job, travels, uh, and of course, that was at a time when uh, when people didn't have cameras. Not many people did. They were fairly expensive to buy, of course, uh, and not like today when pretty much everybody has a as uh, a mobile phone. Everybody's a photographer, as they say, and uh, and we're seemingly taking more photographs than than ever before. Um, so, so although, although it wasn't my uh, first job um, in, in when I was serving in the, uh, in, the in the air force. Uh, I was an engineer. Uh, my interest developed to a point where uh, I was able to, and lucky enough to complete an in-service photography course, uh, which I learned about things like cameras and lenses, use of film, composition, light, exposure, color, workflow, that kind of thing. And around about that same time, my wife enrolled me on a, uh, a film development and room course. So both those things uh, stood me in good stead and I've, have done over the years. So as I say, I'm fortunate enough to to travel with work, and um, uh, whether that's you know with through the military or whether that's now to see clients and customers and travel to uh, other company facilities. So uh, so yeah, so that's a bit bit about my background, how I've arrived where I am today, uh, you know, through photography and and the travel aspect to it as well. Wonderful. Well, thanks for uh, being a part of the uh, traveling image makers. Uh, community and for entering your image. Uh, for those of you who are just listening to the audio, uh, we'll, we'll have a, uh, a, a sample of the picture in the show notes on the website. But why don't you explain a little bit about your photograph and uh, the story behind it and how it came about? Yeah, sure. Sure. So, um, so earlier this year, I think it's been by February, uh, was the last time I traveled to uh, my company's facility in Gurgaon, which is uh, a town or it's a growing city actually in its own right now, just to the south of, of New Delhi. Um, so when I'm when I'm away on business, I always try to schedule in at least a day or two at some point during the um, during the the trip uh, to see a place that I've not seen before. And, uh, and of course, you know, photography is a big part of well, really big part of what I do, and um, and it's a big part of. Um, um, uh, just trying to get something into the trip as well. So Old Delhi, um, as, you know, as part of uh, in northern India, is very much on the places uh, for me to experience because I, I think you just can't see India 
it's a place which uh, which you have to experience. Um, so I set about scheduling the the, the trip, and of course, uh, I'm able to do that using um, you know I think standard um, uh, methods that, that that many of us do use, and that's you know researching on the web uh, and and so on. But I quickly became aware that um, uh, that part of, of Delhi, that part of India, isn't necessarily um, very well uh, mapped. So I wasn't able to use standard, um, uh, you know, methods that I use, like using Google Maps, Google Earth, to help visualise uh, the place that I'm going to be going to. Um, not necessarily looking for the for the pictures, but just getting a feel for the place. Um, so. Um, so I, I managed to contact uh, another local photographer um, who, who runs a, a company in Delhi and, um, and specialises really in, in small groups or even just one-to-one, uh, one-to-one um, guides, if you, if you like. Um, so, and that, that was important uh, for me because uh, having somebody who knows the location in, in this, you know, after all, it's the second most densely uh, populated city on the planet. Um, uh, somebody who could, who, who knows the location, the local customs, can talk to the people, know how, how, how to approach them, uh, and most importantly for me, could actually translate uh, for me. Um, so that that was important for me to establish the rapport with the people I met before actually getting to photograph them. Um, so, so for me, it's it's not about just getting to getting to a location and 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 just. Almost just you know just firing off the uh, the frames. It's it's about getting a feeling for the place, uh, and that's what I try and encapsulate in my in my photography when when I do go to to these new places. So um, so so having having done that, um, he asked me what I wanted from the from the trip, and and it was really for me to get right into the uh, into the heart of the old city, get to see the people, experience the life there. Uh, and, um, and, you know, and and try and capture some of that. Um, so we just happened to uh, be walking down some very small back alleys, dark alleys, little streets, little courtyards, uh, where I found this uh, small coffee bar, uh, and, and and the young boy in the, in the photograph uh, looks after that coffee bar. So he was cleaning. He was cleaning up the coffee bar at the time, and. Um, uh, through the local interpreter, I, I, w- I was able to, uh, you know, to strike up a bit of rapport with him. To you know, ask him, is it okay to take his photograph, and um, and just find out a little bit more about him. So that's when the the story became quite quite interesting part of that experience for me. Um, so he, he told me he works at the coffee bar from from dawn until dusk every day. Um, there was no real time for him to uh, for school or playing with his with his friends. It's, it was just work for him, and um, uh, so he, he had a couple of friends who were who were around in the background, but also helping out with the with the coffee stall as well. So the coffee the coffee bar that, that's in the in the image there uh, was was started by his, his great grandfather in the 1950s. Uh, his great grandfather didn't have any money. To uh, to buy a new coffee machine, uh, so, uh, so he actually built it himself, which I thought, being an engineer myself, uh, was was quite a feat of, um, of of determination and know-how to actually get his own business off off the ground. Uh, so and that, and that coffee machine that you can see in the photograph uh, is still in use today, almost you know sixty or so years later. 
Yeah, for those of you who uh, are, are just listening to the audio right now, uh, like I said, we'll have the picture up in the show notes. But just to, I'll, I'll give a quick explanation of what I'm seeing in the picture. So it's a, a young boy, and uh, it, it certainly looks like it could be India or that region of the world. But uh, uh, Richard's telling us it's uh, in Delhi. And uh, it's tack sharp. The boy's kind of looking straight at the photographer. And you can see this old patina, very old-looking stall kind of all around him. But uh, then you see this machine in the background that Richard was just explaining that his great-grandfather uh, built from scratch because he didn't have any money sort of in the background. And uh, I just think it's a, it's a wonderful image that really you know, just says travel photography. And uh, you said that when you were coming up, he was sort of cleaning up the place. And if you look at the countertop, it uh, looks like it may be black marble or something, but it looks just mere, mere finish. And everything else is uh, is quite quite well worn. Uh, about how long did you actually spend with this this young boy? Just a couple of minutes, Ralph. I, you know, I was just we were just passing through, and uh, in fact, just prior to that shot being taken, I, w- I was more interested in. Um, uh, in an old woman who was uh, just lying on the ground. Uh, she just finished work at some kind of milling machine uh, that looked like she was grinding some flour, uh, some corn into, into flour. Uh, and I was, I was more interested in, in, in sort of framing that shot. Um, uh, and, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll come back to her. And I just looked, looked over my shoulder and saw this, uh, this young boy in, in, in the coffee shop, which was in, a, in the corner of a, uh, quite a small courtyard. So yeah, just a couple of minutes really. Um, I sort of, you know, the shot came together. It's, um, it was, um, it was one of those moments where, you know, you, you, you take the shot and you just know you've got a good shot there. And, and for me, that kind of encapsulated um, uh, the experience that I had that day, just seeing the kind of people just working, um, really sort of every hour that, that you know that, that's given to them, and. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it, that, that, that's that's why I submitted the photograph to the uh, to the competition as I did because if I had to choose one photograph out of many that I took that day, that was the one. Yeah, it's 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 really wonderful. Like I said, it's very tack sharp, right where it should be, at least in my opinion, which is right on the boy's face. Uh, he's wearing a, sort of a, a brown and yellow checkered shirt, which is uh, you know adds some some uh, pattern to the shot, and uh, I, I just really love the image. So uh, I chose this as the best of the lot that we got for June, and Ugo's uh, made a, another choice. But, uh, well, Richard, anything else that you would like to say about the image or about your uh, travels in photography before we, we end the, the episode? Yeah, just just to say that um, that you know my 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 approach to photography uh, when when travelling is is a really a minimalist approach. So I was really pleased with the with the way that the shot came out. You know, I, I was it, that was using a, a, a Fuji XT one with a with a twenty three millimeter lens, you know, thirty five millimeter equivalent in in full frame, of course, um, and and that was it. The, the image is straight from the camera. Uh, I didn't post-process it uh, afterwards. Um, so, yeah, so I was really pleased with it. It, it, it. You know, it was just there in the camera. And when I looked at it, um, yeah, absolutely delighted. And, and, you know, it's not often that you can, um, um, you know, take away that, 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 that kind of shot from such a, 
uh, you know, just a, a quick exposure as it was. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, the minimalist approach and, and just keeping your eye open for the, um, um, you know, for the ordinary, which which can actually look extraordinary at times as well. So, um, so yeah, so when, I, you know, I, I travel with, with business. I don't, I don't do it as a job. I travel when I'm away with business or on, you know, on holiday. Um, and, um, and quite often I can't take a, a larger kit with me. I have to travel uh, light, uh, you know, airline baggage restrictions and so forth. So um, uh, it just, I think it just goes to show what, what can be achieved uh, with, with the minimum of equipment. And, and that, you know, that's the kind of message I'd like to just share with, with, with the listeners really. Yeah, great. And uh, I'm I'm definitely a minimalist myself. I travel uh, around the world nine months out of the year, and I use one body, one lens, and that's it. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, there's times when I wish I had a longer lens or a faster lens or a wider lens, but, uh, you know, I, I feel that it gets me other shots because I'm quick and nimble and ready to ready to shoot. I know the camera well, and I don't have to be thinking about you know other bodies or lenses and how to use them. And uh, I can just get right in there and get the shot. And I think that's super important when it comes to travel photography. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if I could uh, just give a quick plug, I have a trip to India coming up in October, October 20th through November 1st. And we're going to be doing the Golden Triangle, Agra, Delhi, Jaipur, along with the Pushkar Camel Fest, and Jodhpur. So if anyone's interested in that, they can go to photoenrichment.com and look for the India tour. Well, thanks so much, Richard, for being on the show. And uh, make sure you and everyone else gets their entries in for July, because we're doing this again. Many, many thanks, Ralph. It's uh, much appreciated. And um, yeah, uh, as I say, you know, uh, looking at the standard of the of the images that, that, that were entered for the competition in June, uh, some fantastic uh, images and, and uh, some great photographers clearly behind them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> pretty humble to uh, to have been to have been chosen. So many, many thanks. Many thanks. Pleasure. And uh, again, congratulations. And uh Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Ralph. Much appreciated. Thank you.